I'm good at impersonations. Should this be the episode where I just do, like, you, like, rapid fire, like, you say someone and then I do an impersonation? <laughs> I, I love it. Dude, okay, give me some. Oh, my gosh. Um, um, let's start. Um, Eddie Murphy. Is that easy? Is that hard? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and in the morning, I make it waffles. Work, work. That's it. All of them are going to be from Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ariana. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> um, <laughs> math class. Never was good. That was a good Ariana impression. Um, Whitney. Whitney. Um, but wow. What a moment. A moment I will never forget. A moment most pleasing to me in my career. Rest in peace. In power. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have for you right now. But maybe we'll come back. Okay. Welcome back to We Love That. I'm Jerome. And I'm Kenyon. Today, you know, one might think that we'd talk about the election, but honestly, there's other stuff going on. So have some culture. Some culture for you. And some culture for you. And some culture for you. (laughs) Oprah. start i love starting i mean how you be spending your time me these days yeah these days all i do well all i do is wonder if you're rolling uh, up a backwoods for someone else doing things i taught you getting nasty for someone else mm. you don't need no one else you don't need nobody else no why are you never alone I'm just, I've got to cut in and say this is not as good as Beyonce done as a monologue. It just isn't. <laughs> I would agree. The The lyrical content leaves much to be desired. Um, yeah. How am I spending my time? I don't know. How you be spending your time? Just blank faced staring into <laughs> the middle distance. <laughs> Okay, middle distance. Um, okay, middle way. I have actually not been that stressed out. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I kind of just have been like wanting time to pass. Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot of like, you know, binge rewatching old YouTube videos um, naps, playing a lot of fucking. I have re-downloaded a lot of games onto my phone. Oh, I will be honest. Wow, <laughs> I really worked hard to get those off your phone, and now look at where we are. <laughs> and they're back. They really are back. Um, and, and you know, some might call right? that not being stressed. Some might call that a coping mechanism. Right. I guess when I say I haven't been stressed, I mean. I have been a little like, 
I've been struck, like, I want the time to pass, you know? I want, like, whenever people are asking, I'm like, I want it to be 24 hours from now. I want it to be later on. Like, I just don't want it to be now anymore. I just want this part to be over. Right. Because I, you know, I, not to brag, <laughs> but I was like, it's going to be fine. And it is now looking like it's going to be, well, divine fine. But it's still looking yeah. like Trump is not going to win. Um, we're recording this Wednesday night. Um, and so I just am like, you know, I just want to get to that part. I don't want to be in the middle part where everyone's like, woo, what's going to happen? <laughs> and I just want it to have happened already. <laughs> so I'm not like, you know, running around with my head cut off. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm, but I am kind of like, do, 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 do. TikTok on anyway, the clock. Anyway, enough about me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> what are you, how are you, what have you been up to? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, and the short answer is also the long answer, and it's mostly being unfocused. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how the the stress is manifest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Which is kind of, is fine. And you know what? I feel grateful that I can afford to be, at this moment, kind of unfocused for a day. I and feel that too. Like, my life doesn't fall apart. Grateful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind, of, that's kind of the long and short of it. I almost don't even want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Let's literally not. I feel like I've said everything I have to say. Absolutely. And like and you're you saying, know what? in 24 hours, it literally everything is different. In a month from now, everything is different again, etc. Right. I almost am like, you know, at least it's over. Well. And by that I mean, <laughs> <laughs> by that I mean like, you know, in the way that like, if anyone was doing anything for the last like six months, it was like, well, what we should be talking about is this, you know? Which, like, you know, it was important. But even, like, just within, like, the electoral sphere, like, the other, earlier today I was like, oh, my God, now we get to focus on, like, there's going to be a whole new round of, like, bad folks that we get the opportunity to vote out. Like, isn't that great? <laughs> like, Marco Rubio was talking the other day, and I was like, yeah, you haven't got, been getting a lot of scrutiny this year. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Let us divert our attention to your dumb ass. <laughs> I mean, I think that is maybe the only the only thing I have to actually say is that now that we have left November 3rd the date, right. Everyone who had their problems with all of the candidates for all of their reasons, like now now we get to pick up those those works again when you put down yeah, your criticism yeah. of biden so you could go vote from the polls go pick them up now because you need them right now right uh, really and truly yeah so oh my god i'm so like cut to me ripping off my ride in with biden sticker <laughs> literally me, like, literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah like post up like now's the time what have you been doing otherwise um, I cooked, I baked. What have you been cooking? Uh, you know, I love this, uh, this little cookie recipe. Oh, you do? Um, little almond coconut cookie. Um, 
Yeah, did that. And I've just been like singing and playing the piano to to be joyful, walking outside. Joyful, joyful. Lord, we adore thee, Mm. God of glory. Lord of love. Um, A waterfall. Literally a waterfall. Literally the Jasmine Sullivan pentatonics version of that. It's like, what the hell? And where is Jasmine Sullivan's, where are her flowers? She lost them, honestly, because she hasn't gotten herself a good songwriter. It's really too bad. But you know what I mean? Like, if someone were to write a You Give Good Love to Me, uh, uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody, if someone were to write a Born This Way, if someone were to write, like, any... Like, if someone gave Jasmine Sullivan a really good song, she would deliver us to the next life, honestly. So those are the, I'm like, baby face, like, you know, we're like, all these people who seem to, to, you know, it's like, okay, throw throw one of them, (laughs) Jasmine Sullivan, you dumb ass. Truly. Um, And not, I mean, I'm not trying to like, just dog her for the writing of it all, because I think she writes a lot of her own stuff. But, like, someone should write a... She should get in a, on a team... Right. ...that writes, like, the bop of the year. Or the, you know, whatever it is. Look, that is, like, really excellent. Jasmine, if you're listening, we are absolutely your biggest fans. So, please. And deliver. we're... We offer our services. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, if you're looking for a team to write, you know, you know the bop of the year. I just mm-hmm. know a couple people. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know one couple of people. <laughs> It's us. <laughs> yeah, our extensive track record. Speaking uh, of track record, let's talk positions. Mm, 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 Did you mm, even listen mm. to the whole thing? Okay. I'm sorry, that sounded so accusatory. I didn't <laughs> Sailing me from the outset. you also outset. listened before I did. I just didn't know if you listened to the whole thing or if you listened to part of it. Um, oh, I'm glad that I'm glad that we're here so I can set the record straight. Uh-huh. Um, I listened to it once all the way through the day it came out. Um, and I was like, oh, 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 but didn't actually want to go back and listen to any of it again. To any of it? And then today okay. on my walk, I was like, oh, Jerome is probably going to, you know, slander me today on the podcast. So I better <laughs> go listen again. So I have all my facts straight. And I listened again and. You know, okay, there might be a couple that stick around for me. That's what I'm saying. Like I mean, a couple. You know, <laughs> you know, I famously am like the Ariana stan who is, you know, there are some people who are like, fuck Ariana. Well, you know, Shaka, <laughs> Shaka Khan. Khan. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people who really are like, I hate her now because I really like the old Ari. That I literally will never understand because it's like... Do well, you I like also her or think not? this album is delivering some of that for you. To all the people, you know, all the people listening, <laughs> to the throngs <laughs> of people on the other side of this <laughs> conversation. You know, Ariana Grande released a new album last Friday. Last Friday. And, uh, I mean, coming after Thank You Next, coming after Sweetener, in such quick succession. It's 2018, right. 2019, 2020. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Um, it is. 
And to respond to the thing of like people wanting the old Ariana Grande back, I feel like this album gives you some of that. She's definitely returned to like the pop R&B side of things. Right. Um, Well, I kind of want to talk about the R&B of it all. mm, mm Because I'm not sure that I listen to these songs and I'm like, R&B. But I guess that's kind of because R&B is a made-up category. (laughs) (laughs) Like when I think R&B, I think like, like... Can we talk for a minute? Girl, I want to know your name. Like, that is the song that when you say R&B, like, that's the song that comes to my head. Feel it. But I guess, you know, R&B is, like, urban contemporary. It's, like, not an actual... It's not a super specific category, I guess. I was going to say that, like, when people are like, I hate the new Ari, I want the old Ari. I'm like, first of all, they're the same person. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't like the music anymore, that's fine. But, like, I just don't understand, like, really liking someone's music and hating them. Well. You know, it's just, like, I just don't get it. (laughs) It just seems like such a misplacement of... It's different even from when you're like, oh, I hate this person's music. Because you don't hate all of Ariana Grande's music. You like a lot of it but don't like the more recent stuff. And so why would you then be like a hater? I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I'm trying to, in agnostic to the whole Ariana conversation, I'm trying the, to change the way I talk about, about, you know, people's creative works. Cause at yeah. the end of the day, it's like, okay, some many, a collective of people put a bunch of hours into this thing. Right. And it's very easy for me to be like, this is bad. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's like, what happens if if that person, you know, not like literally anybody's listening to this podcast, but I don't want to, like I as a person who also makes things, I don't want anyone saying that to me, even if they think it. Right. You know, like that just doesn't have any place in the process. Right. I have been thinking, I've always thought about that, about Twitter, strangely enough, that I always was like, well, you know, when like, people go on social media and like say something about like some artist and then the artist like actually sees it in response and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, you look like a fool. And so I've just always been like, I don't want to like <laughs> look actively, like a fool, not just for the sake of that, but just like, you know, they could see it. And it's like, I don't want to contribute to like that being a part of their day. <laughs> right. Like seeing some little nobody like me be like, I hated Blah. <laughs> and I feel like it. if I just, like, descend to that, it really robs me of, like, any other meaningful experience of the music. Like, on positions, it's I'm just not going to be coming back to it. Like, I haven't come back to most of Sweetener or Thank You Next. I mean, you know this mm-hmm. about me myself. Uh, <laughs> but... I think it's really cool the trajectory that this, like where this falls in the collection of albums she has so far. Yeah. It sounds to me like she's like, she's integrating these things about her, herself into her music. Like this reminds me of like all the string stuff. This whole album is like strings. It's all strings. And And I'm like, that's, that's a real choice that you made. And it's also deeply you like cut to honeymoon Avenue. Yeah, like, cut it's back like, to the first track from the first album. Like, that's what you love, Ariana. And here you are doing it again and really diving into that and, like, making a moment of it. And kind of carrying, I feel like, some of the lessons of Sweetener and Thank You Next, which are 
which were very like, I'm not doing this for, they were very, they were more personal. It felt like she had more artistic control of like lyrically what she was talking about. It was more about her life. Like you could could connect the dots and positions feels like it kind of marries some of like the earlier sounds with the sweetener. Thank you. Next kind of like authentic artistry. Yeah. I totally agree. I think this also really like, it is my, it has left of the six albums that she has, it has left to third in my ranking. I like Ooh, it. What's your ranking? Three from bottom to top is sweetener. Thank you. Next dangerous woman positions. Yours truly my everything. Um, I think for once I'm right there with you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just feel like sometimes I I often, you know, will categorize or will say that there's like the gradient from pop Ari on one side and like trap Ari on the other side and R&B Ari is somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like the pop Ari stan. Um, Giving break free. Give it, right. Break free into you. Right. Um, Etc. Baby Eye. But then people are like, Baby Eye is R&B, and I'm like, is it? <laughs> Again, what are these categories? What are we saying? Exactly. These are exactly. just words. Right. Um, But so that's why, like, oh, what is that song on Sweetener? First of all, not me saying, oh, I would never say, I'd try to avoid saying I hate music, and then me being like, oh, here are the songs that I really don't like. <laughs> but... um. Hit it, hit it, twist it, twist it, twist it, better, better, better. But I'll say that this is more than me just saying I hate it. It's like, I mean, I think that there is a lot of conversation to be had around like Ari and cultural appropriation and like the black scent of it all, the black face of it all, like really darkening her skin, um, et cetera, et cetera. Like, and that that's something that should genuinely be addressed. That's why like Seven Rings is like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I think that Positions is not free from that critique. I don't think so either. I think my hair in particular, I'm like, girl, what about your hair? Well, woman. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I actually had a really, the very first listen through Mm -hmm. of the two that I've done. (laughs) I was like, that was a standout track to me. Firstly, you know, I love harmonies. And right. chords and that's just I the mean, track is great. giving it to you and yeah. that whistle tone and the whistle ver- is moment, really great you slap that reverb on her and she sounds like angelic okay i mean you and i have always said that one of the things that ari has going for her the most is that whoever is producing her voice like is making her sound like she has the best voice in the world <laughs> like it is like the most well-produced vocals of any music that's being made right now I went back right after finishing the second listen through to listen to yours truly. And I was like, oh, like upgrade. Yeah. Truly the production is here in a big way yeah. um, on positions, especially like all the tracks are good tracks. I mean, like that's they my just thing. Are. Is that <laughs> there were no tracks on, and there are tracks on the other albums that I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> not for me. Like, it's just not for me. True for you. 
not for Here me. For you, but not for me. I hear your words, and in my head, I know this smile. But what? But my heart, Anita. But my heart knows they're wrong. Um, the color I of Tura is here. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Tommy, you got all that. <laughs> Even the tracks on this album that I like, you know, it is like the song with Doja. I'm like, how is it like they're an Ariana and Doja collab that I'm like, okay, <laughs> like it kind of is disappointing that that does not leap out more. But even in listening to it, it's not that it's, it's not that I'm actively like, oh, I don't like this. It's just like, okay, like this right. is cool. I kind of was more, that one's third on the album, I think. And mm-hmm. I liked the first two tracks so much that getting to the third one, I felt like the energy, it lost a little bit of energy. And I just was like, oh, I wish that this had like kept up in a different direction. Okay. I think one thing that the first two tracks give me, especially comedy. She's giving you right. queen of comedy Absolutely. right now, which I which, need. <laughs> I've been trying to think, I don't think that she has been funny like that ever before. I'm struggling to think of any songs where she's like, I mean, I there's a lot of stuff that has been like tongue in cheek or that has been like silly, but I think this is the first time that it's like <laughs> when she first goes, shut up. That's so funny. <laughs> okay, I mean, also, I this is gonna follow her through her entire career. I mean, it, it's there's no getting around it. That shut up is like the answer to Mariah Carey's GTFO. They are like that's so funny. They're songs. of the same world. Yes, right. They're like giving you comedy. They're giving you like, is she really being serious right now? And they're giving you smirk. They're giving like they're just right. It's the same it, song. Yeah, it's it. like taking that emotion, taking that experience, and being like, okay, I could write like I could like really find the lyrics. To- <laughs> You know, really pinpoint this song or just shut up. How about you get the fuck out? Literally. How about that? <laughs> How about so, you take your things and be on your merry way? I, well, talking about black sense. <laughs> I mean, so that's where the heaviest, honestly, critique maybe for me lies is like, are we watching someone who's really like a creative, who's giving you artistry or someone who's like is a very talented singer? I think that it's giving artistry and I actually will posit that it's going a step beyond. Um, I was talking to Caleb who is like, oh, the one of the other tracks that I really like. I will say the four tracks that I really like are Shut Up, 3435, Love Language, POV. Ooh. Oh, well, we have to talk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but POV ends with a fade out. And Caleb was like, oh, like, kind of weak to end the album with a fade out. But to me, that kind of is like, that is serving to me like I'm giving you some of the music that I'm feeling right now. And in six months, in 18 months, in three years, maybe I'll give you something else. Like it, to me, is very, it's less like, and I have like cultivated this album that I have like poured everything into, which is kind of old school, old world, like very 
album as the centerpiece of the era. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm a person who like puts out content and puts out music and uh, like is kind of constantly putting out the music that I'm trying to make. And here's what I'm making right now. And so like, here's an album and like, you know, maybe in eight months I'll have a different single for you. Right. You know, I mean, okay. I kind of like that as like, you know, the answer to like, I don't know, what do we do after the album or whatever? Or like in a world that seems so so much less designed for albums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if I go there, I'm definitely like, there's this is prolific. Like you know, whenever anybody does their retrospective of her career, they'll be like, between 2018 and 2020, she released you know 30 something songs. <laughs> That's wild. That just doesn't really happen. Right. Um, unless you're, you know, out here with a four-volume album, Jacob Collier. But unless anywho. you're Stevie Wonder from 1976 <laughs> to 1979. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for redeeming that uh, necessary comparison. Um, and at the same time, I'm like, how do I square that with the fact that with what we talk about all the time here, you and I. Which is like you and I. Sing. Speaking of Jacob Collier and Stevie Wonder, uh-huh. um, uh, how do we square that with the fact that like uh, saturation, audience? I want to be hearing from more people sometimes, and it's like, yes, you're actually changing the game in sort of like a you're just putting stuff out there for people to to hear and feel. And if not everything gets picked up by everybody, that doesn't mean that was a flop. That's just a different creative mode. And at the same time, not everyone's got that platform, so. Are you clogging up my feed? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like it's... It's for a shorter period of time. Like, that very much felt true about, like, Sweetener, right? That, like, she released Sweetener, and, like, we had the songs from Sweetener, and then she was like, okay, Sweetener's over. (laughs) Like, now I'm giving you something else. And I think that it's a... What's the... There's some rapper, I think, in in the City Girls who's like, oh, I just wanted something fresh something for the summertime <laughs> i don't remember who it is but i feel like that's what ari ari's like i just wanted to drop something for the rest like for november december and then like you know she'll then step back feel that <laughs> i feel like she my thing is that you know of the three albums that we've gotten between from 2018 to now i just feel like most of it I didn't I didn't benefit from hearing. <laughs> <laughs> what a diplomatic way of saying that one. And so the thing that I really liked about positions is that it felt like, you know, it threaded the needle of like, no, it's not a like album that I've been crafting for years and really like working on every single song to make sure every song is the most amazing song that I've ever done. But it also, I was like, oh yeah, like these are all really good songs. <laughs> As opposed to some of the other ones have felt kind of like, you know, like Pete Davidson on Twit on Sweetener is like, why is this, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like some of them just feel like, I don't know, for on Sweetener and Thank You Next, some of them feel unfinished or indistinct or whatever. And I mean, if I were to, to say 
anything positive about that, I would say (laughs) that I feel like it's um, the like later stages of the demystification of of music that has just been going on. It's like you have it used to be, you know, labels and cities and scenes and closed doors. And now it's like producers and laptops and SoundCloud and Spotify. And I uploaded this from my house and the transparency that we get from her being like, here's a song that's literally titled the name of my ex-boyfriend that I won't (laughs) even really want to sing the next time I go on tour. Right. Because that it just will be old is like, it's very artistically transparent and very like, I agree. (laughs) Here it is. And now it's gone. And I would only add that if, the, what I would say about it is that a lot of people like it, so it works. <laughs> um, what else have you been watching, consuming, listening to? Wow, consumption. 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 What's your <laughs> gumption? Not us both going to the same place. Um, well, you know that you already texted me about this, and I really actually want to hear what you have to say. Um Miss Boys in the Band. Oh my god, the boys in the band. I love me playing very coy, like, <laughs> hmm, I wonder what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> Kenyon, what have you been consuming? Please bring up Boys in the Band. <laughs> have you been watching anything on Netflix? Perhaps a film version of a play that is a <laughs> There was a revival in 2018 from 1968, which was also made into a movie in 1970. Actually, there is something that fits. Is that ringing a bell? Maybe. Let me go. I'll have to look some stuff up. Um, The Boys in the Band. Well, that's the exposition for anyone who didn't know. It was a play. (laughs) It got turned into a a movie. It got revived. And now it's another movie with the cast of that 2018 revival. Right. So the 1968 1968 play, basically this guy, Mark Crowley, is this white gay guy. And he was like, all of the characters that like gay people relate to on character, on camera, are, uh, you know, it's like, it's all women. It's all like straight women. Um, shouldn't we have characters to relate to who are actually queer men? Um, and so he wrote this play that is about like a dinner party of these queer men. Um, it got turned into a movie. They did a revival of it 50 years later and then made another movie of it also 50 years after the first movie. Um, the difference is that in this revival and movie, um, all the actors are queer men. Um, I think in the original, it was like four out of the nine. Or something. I mean, I just have to say that I love that. I know. I really love that too. Like I'm, I'm trying to imagine, you know, having being being in a project with that centers other queer people with a cast of all queer people. I've yeah. never been in that position, and I feel like that would be so much fun, but also like such a great working environment. Yeah, they in the um. So it's, this movie is on Netflix. There also is like a 30-minute kind of behind-the-scenes Netflix thing about the making of the movie. And some of the actors talk about like, you know, this just gets to be such a, like, the 
set was such a different kind of space. Getting to work on this was such a different kind of experience because we, you know, had a shared experience to build off of that, like, almost never is accessed or utilized in at least their work, you know, in a, in the work that they typically do. Yeah. What did you think of the movie? On stage. Oh, sorry. Um, what did you think of the movie when you watched it? Like, visceral first reactions. I loved it. I really loved it. Um, I really love plays. And I really love, I mean, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> and I really love the um, the move in, the, I don't know, the past like five to ten years of adaptations of plays being more like plays than they are like movies. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the biggest difference that I, I, after I watched the new one, I watched the old one. And the biggest difference felt like in the old one, it was very interested in being like, and we're going to do a lot of cuts and there's going to be zooming in and there's going to, it's very like, look at all this movie magic that we can do because it's a movie now. Um, whereas like this, or of course, perhaps my favorite movie of all time, the 2017 <sighs> Fences with Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. It's like, let the, like the joy of it being a play is that the words just, like, when it was written, the words were meant to speak for themselves. Right. Like, it does not need, like, fancy camera work. Like, it just needs excellent actors delivering excellent character and just, like, words that really mean something. Which is no hate against movies. I think that movies just do something really different. Absolutely. Movies are such a visual... Right. Medium where where theater is like absolutely the text is the right. the point, so get the text and like just let the text do the heavy. Li- I just love watching a movie where the text is doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because I feel like adaptations often get the the short end of the stick when they mm-hmm. when they try to be something they're not. You know, when someone adapts a book and it's like stop trying to be the book. You're a movie now. Do the do the movie thing. But what you're right. saying is kind of the opposite. It's like, don't stop trying to be a play. Still be a play. <laughs> and I honestly think that books are even very different from that. Like, I think that books, when books get turned into movies, it's like, yeah, make it a movie. Like, like all that stuff that like, you know, books are almost the most, you have the most freedom because it's like you never actually have to worry about making a visual image you just describe the visual image and the reader makes it for themselves Mm. um movies come close to that especially recently because you know you can make whatever happen on screen um and so like you know we and that is two good and bad ends right like that means that we get something like you know avengers where it's like oh my god yeah like i'm really looking at a comic book Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's happening in real life it also means that we get cats <laughs> and it's like, we don't need this to be like fully visually realized. Um, <laughs> wow. But I think that's great. I think that that's all well and good, but something like the boys in the band movie is like just showing us like, it's that thing that we were talking about with Noah of like slice of life theater. 
mm-hmm. like really just showing it like this is what these people's lives are like in this room on this night in this place at this time which is so um, beautiful because it lets it be very kind of realistic and accessible but yeah. the language and the kind of the the yeah the 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 language is absolutely dramatized it, right and it kind of it's definitely you know, not real life that I'm watching, but somehow it kind of feels like it is. Right. Which is like, how do plays do that? But they really do that. They really do that. Then I think that part of what makes it really great, this is why I love like, this is why I love media about queer people on screen is because, you know, I think that because of how, and I don't know, I would love to talk more about why this is, but because like queer people gravity at least specifically like in gay male communities there's been a lot of gravity toward like you know talking how white movie actresses talked in movies <laughs> in like the 40s and 50s giving you that transatlantic giving accent. you that transatlantic absolutely and giving you that extremely heightened language i mean i always say that like there are episodes of Pose where it seems where it sounds like Shakespeare because like that is how these characters talk. Like that's how Electra talks. Um, And so uh, I think that there is something about that. That's like, Oh, I love seeing that as a play because like these characters think of themselves that way. Like it is so real. It's both realistic and extremely heightened because these are characters who like, take themselves that seriously right. and are extremely heightened in their day-to-day life. And I know that that's true because I am that way. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> Did you find yourself really identifying? Like, I mean, yeah, I think, I think a major question for me is like, this is something that is written in the sixties and things just were different th- mm-hmm. then um, for gay people, for queer people at large, for black people, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, like how much carries, like how much is like still like that's what it's like. Like you are representing me now here, twenty twenty. I think that there was a lot of it that felt mean. There was a lot of it that felt unkind, and I'm sure that there. And I'm sure of this because people have said this to me that like <laughs> there are people <laughs> who maybe are not, you know as well-versed or as, you know, have not spent that much time in, like, queer spaces who think, like, oh, some of the stuff that, like, gets said around here, (laughs) some of the stuff that you all say to each other is not very nice all the time. Um, And I think that's really interesting, really interesting to talk about. I do think that there is a lot more in this that feels like, oh, I actually really do have something to say to you, and I'm waiting until... I'm waiting until the tiniest excuse to say it as like a read, but I am going to like tell you that I hate this thing about you or that this thing that you do always pisses me off. And I feel like that maybe a little bit less (laughs) is not, that's not exactly what I was, you know, (laughs) relating to, but definitely like a lot of the insecurity, a lot of the like bonding over insecurity, a lot of the like, okay, we're, now it's just us. Like, it's just us. And so now wow. we can talk about the things that, like, we're all going to get because it's just us. And that's kind of, like, I was thinking a lot about, 
whether it, it's this is a really interesting question because I was thinking a lot about if I wanted to say to like my mom and my sister like oh I really want you to watch this in terms of like this is like a slice of queer life that I kind of want you to like be aware of and like get, get a good insight into um but I also you know there is just enough about it that I'm like okay this isn't actually what my life is like but there are parts of it that are really well illuminated by this. Yeah. I think the representative aspect like comes through for me in a really historical way. Um, and not like a, not like I'm reading this in a history textbook sort of way, like dry, sure. but I know personally, I definitely have like a deep, uh, not yearning, but we're going to say yearning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but queer history is something that has largely been erased yeah. and unrecorded throughout time. So it's it just, it's inaccessible because it, it's not represented anywhere. Um, and then even the stories that are preserved are, are precariously preserved through oral tradition, through like small kind of local scenes. And so it's, right. I know that I have, I can look to, you know, my family and, the community where I grow up to like get, learn a lot about what things kind of make up me, like my history, except for kind of my own queer history. And I have felt like, where do I go to find that? Like, where are my queer elders? Where are, where is that information? And this felt really important for me in that it was like, a, it's like an anchoring yeah. piece of culture that was like, this isn't, this is not me now, clearly. This is not representing yeah. how I walk and move through the world here today, but it like helps me connect dots, kind of like yeah. you were saying, between like, okay, maybe these are way, like these things have carried over and these things have fallen away. Um, and that's feel, that just feels really important. Yeah. I mean, there's so much about the chosen family element of it. There's so much about like, you know, a gay person can be born, a queer person can be born anywhere to anyone in any family, in any situation. Um, and that there is not a lot that kind of is inherently drawing those people together, especially, you know, to really get into the history of it, like before the 20th century, it kind of was, you know, not even a thing that like, it seemed like, particularly in like Western culture, which is where I find myself. <laughs> um, Jinkies. Like it was not a thing that like we built identity around. Right. Right. Like Gay if, as a word you, didn't exist. Right. Even then. If you were like a Meaning that sexual thing. invert or if you just were like, you know, a guy who had a wife and a family, but sometimes you liked second dicks, <laughs> then it's like that just was the thing that you did, but it wasn't like, oh, let me go find the other people who are like me in this way and let's like talk about our experience together. Like that is, you know, when that started being associated with identity, it was to erase it. It was to get right. rid of it. And so it is not until like the 60s and beyond that that we really start to get like, okay, we are building community around this and that is actually something that like gets to continue to last and like that we still get to kind of see some of the structure of. It is very similar to how I feel about Pose mm. in terms of like, oh yeah, like I get why I talk this way. <laughs> like I get why like I think these things are important. <laughs> I get right. why I have these certain sensibilities, at least from, you know, this show that seeks to depict life at that time. Like 
they thought that way too. Yeah. I would say it is really interesting to watch the old one. I do think that the new Boys in the Band is better than the old one. Why? Um, mostly because of that like movie element of it. And also there's something about like acting in 1970 that it's like... <laughs> Y'all All acting in 1970. <laughs> but kind of. It's like, <laughs> y'all are not, like, lifting it off the page. Mm. Like, there, it is something about, like... Well, okay, this I think is really interesting. That I think the acting in 2020 is trying to convey a certain performed masculinity that feels more relatable or that I can recognize more as realistic. Whereas in 1970, it kind of feels like portraying a movie masculinity. If that makes sense. I'm I mean, not quite almost there kind yet. Of, <laughs> kind of in the ways that like, you know, that to get back to, oh, like why do gay men talk like Greta Garbo? <laughs> like that people in movies did not talk and act like real people or at least real people as we know them now. Mm. Um, and the men talk like this and they look very serious. And then they look <laughs> in the corner very broodingly. <laughs> and then, but like, you know, that's not what men are. That's what men think they're like, but men in real life are like, yeah, like not taking anything too seriously, but like exuding <laughs> insecurity. <laughs> You're giving scathing critiques of men, of uh, masculine insecurity, of the 1970s as a decade. I would say, honestly, much of film in the 20th century. <laughs> like, it is too much. It doesn't get to the reality of, like, this is all performance. And I think that we now are, maybe just because we are able to talk about this more regularly, but, like, I think it is now very clear in, like, those kind of hyper-masculine settings or, like, when I'm around people who are, like, really doing this hyper-masculine performance, it, to me, feels very clear that it is performance. Mm -hmm. And I would say that in the 2020 version, they really thread that needle of, like, it still is visible as performance, whereas I think that part of the point of acting at the time is that like, if you were acting like a leading man or whatever, like you did not, if you were good, then you didn't let on that. It was insecure. You didn't right, let on right. that. It was a facade, a little more hollow performance, maybe kind of lack lacking. It's it's own three dimensionality. Well, yes, this is really getting into like the weeds, <laughs> but <laughs> like it is lacking reality because it isn't hollow. It's lacking. Re it is unrealistic because it the performance is like I am genuinely a storybook hero, right, right, and that people in real life are not like that, right. But when people play that in movies, it's like you're playing someone in a movie. And so I think the 1970 version, like when they're trying to act like, like when there are scenes when they're trying to put on. Um, as though they're straight, as though they aren't whatever, queer, <laughs> then they lock into this, like, movie acting mm. whatever, as opposed to 
going into I'm pretending that I'm straight. <laughs> wow. That feels like the difference. Okay, I feel. Would you ever, this is a, a left turn, <laughs> but I mean, on the same topic, the game that they play, they end up, you know, oh calling God. apparently the person that they've truly loved, the love of their life, unrequited. Would I ever play that game? I mean, I don't know if that's my question, but I just know that when that was, like, when that was introduced, like, oh, so we're going to spend the second half of a moving movie doing this. I both was like, this is, this is deeply troubling and how dare you all torture yourself in this way. And also, absolutely, that's what gay people do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> absolutely agree. Ugh. I think that there's something about it that is so torturous for them. I think that's very indicative of the time. Um, but I definitely agree that it's like, <laughs> I kind of, when you're like, do you relate to the movie? I sometimes feel like I am the Michael who's like, okay, everyone, we're doing this, whether <laughs> you all like it or not. <laughs> First of all, you better cast yourself as the lead. I'm just saying that's where I saw myself. Okay, Miss Jim Parsons. Um, but not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what was so shocking to me is that it's like, I guess y'all really don't have any other people to hang out with because you are just here for this like torturous thing that you're being asked that this one host is making you all do. Yeah, did you say that to me? Yeah, I was like, why do they all stay? And it right. kind of made me feel like, oh, wow, well, you know, we talk about chosen family. Back then, it kind of was, I guess, it was kind of like, you know, you become friends with the gay people that you become friends with, and, like, it's because they're around. And right. it is, you know, you don't really get to have your pick of the litter. Very happenstance, and then you just got to take it and run with it because there's, <laughs> there's nobody else. Right. There's no place Whether for you like them or not, whether you get along with them or not. Yeah. Ugh, the movie made me miss New York so much. Oh, yeah. Just. Mm. It made me miss, you know, getting drunk with friends and just sitting and talking and <laughs> like <laughs> just being around each other for hours and hours and hours until the middle of the night. Not us devolving into, <laughs> <laughs> into sadness, into puddles, okay? Yeah, not that. Um, We've got to do binary. Work. Um. Okay, well, are you more shut up or GTFO? Oh, well, after reading Mariah Carey's book, it really made me come around on GTFO, which at the time I was like, I don't get it. This is so stupid. But now it's like, duh, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, How about you get the fuck out? <laughs> that's really funny. It's brilliant comedy and no one's treating really it as funny. such and that angers me <laughs> i do think that the riff on shut up really carries it for me. <laughs> that is so funny feel it feel it shut up i love going to the seven shut up that's great i think it's shut up i'm shut up well i'm definitely gtfo that was like my <laughs> most played song of that fall <laughs> work <laughs> it's just like an it's an anthem 
You know, when you need to tell someone to leave, get out right now, it's the end of you and me. I wish there were a song that really delivered that exact sentiment. And I wish that artist still delivered anything. Oh my How gosh. dare. Me at the beginning of the podcast, I'm really trying to like not <laughs> criticize people and tear them down for their artistry. Look, I'm sorry, Jojo. You can sing your face off and love you. That's T. That's T. Um, shockingly, now it is I who does not have the binary prepared. <laughs> Um, okay, here's my binary. Boys in the band or pose in terms of uh, well, historical depictions of queer people. Well, that's in terms of like how I how I resonate with it or or you make the rules. You decide what's right. You decide what's okay, good. Hey, Stephen Sondheim. Hey, Stephen. <laughs> Not Brayton Bowman. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do a playlist for this one because we've just dropped We've just dropped just all the for songs. all the name drops in there. Yeah, very good. Oh, in case you're at all curious about the <laughs> millions of things that we've dropped inside this episode, no, that's really difficult because I mean I want to choose Pose, but what I really want to choose is Paris is Burning. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and word. that Pose is like taking and like breathing dramatic life into, right? But you know that I'm a. I'm a sucker for movies. Like I love that format. I love the like all encompassing. You start something, you fall in love with the character and then it ends and you feel like they have died. (laughs) Not that. So, um, so that's really tough. And just checking back in the rules of the binary are that I can't like say both. Right. Yeah, you actually have to respect the binary quality of the binary. Okay, which means that only one is like a is only one can be valid at this at one time, right? For Two me. can enter, one one exits. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, okay. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm going with the boys in the band. That doesn't Whoa. even sound right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am going with pose. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, duh. (laughs) Not duh. I think that there's a lot of great stuff about the boys in the band. And I think that there is, look, the second season of Pose is not my favorite television in the world. But it's good. (laughs) Um, It's good. It's good. Me defending the thing that I didn't pick. You hating the thing that you did pick. Exactly, and that's the true binary, and that's how we respect it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, well, Kenyon, I hope that um, I don't know. I do hope. I hope. Uh, raise a glass to freedom. Okay, stay tuned raise for next week's Hamilton episode (laughs) should we do the hamilton episode next week i think that might be you know depending on what state our country is in i think you know allusions can be made ripe ground for for commentary (laughs) um kenyon famously next week is very close to something my birthday (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you are a fool. I really that, I must say good night. <laughs> and 
have a pleasant tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening, divas. We Love That is brought to you by Kenyon and Jerome. Our music is by Sophia Campomore and our art is by Griffin Keller. And please drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Hello and welcome back to We Love That. I'm Jerome. And I'm Kenyon. And today we're just here to give you some cultural moments that have come to our brain for mostly. <laughs> For mostly. <laughs> You're saying. Like first and foremost. F-O-R-E-M-S-T-L-Y. <laughs> you better sign the letters as you That's go. Not, not, oh, that was just spooky fingers. Okay, residue. <laughs> <laughs> for mostly.